Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Talk all things dirty birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. John Chuckery Show. Coming to you live here on this Tuesday evening, 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. We'll talk to our buddy Bill Bender coming up in about 20 minutes uh, from right now. And obviously the Georgia Bulldogs going to be without their best, probably overall player. I mean, Brock Bowers is just the heart and soul uh, of that team. So we'll talk uh, all things college football with Bill Bender. But first... This is your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So your top grades uh, from Pro Football Focus uh, for the Falcons game versus the Washington Commanders. Top five Falcon offensive performance grades. Uh, Wide receiver Drake London was an 86.9. Michael Pruitt was an 81. Mac Hollins was a 79.7. Caleb McGarry was a 77.5. It was a good bounce back week. Uh, for him, and Chris Lindstrom was a 76.2. Your top five Falcon defensive grades from um, the Commanders game, Nate Landman, who I thought played, who's really done a nice job. He had a really good preseason for this team, and while it sucks that Troy Anderson is out, Nate Landman did a lot of nice things in the preseason that you felt confident that he could get some things done he had the highest grade, 83.4. David Onyemata, uh, who played well, I thought, too, 81-1. 79 for Caden Ellis. Calais Campbell, who got his 100 sack, and did you see where he donated, what was it, $100,000 and all kinds of gifts and shopping sprees? He took kids out to Dick's Sporting Goods yeah. after the game and got yeah. A, yeah, football, youth football teams. Yes, uh, for, for girls and boys, for the, for the girls' flag football team and the boys' Uh, football team. He took everybody shopping at Dick's. So uh, we said Dick. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Arnold Ebicati was a seventy-five point nine. At least he got a sack and a half. You like that sporting goods store, Oren? Uh, some other notables: uh, Richie Grant had a forty-one. Grady Jarrett had a fifty-one-six. A.J. Torelli, 54.5. Desmond Ritter, a 39.5. That's what three interceptions uh, will do for you. Uh, Kyle Pitts, who I thought had some good rhythm with Desmond Ritter, he was a 70.5. And B. John Robinson was a 59.9. He could not get anything going 
uh, in the run game. They were loading up the box, but again, you're going to have to still find a way to run the football because you can't be one-dimensional on offense. Not this team especially. This team can't be one-dimensional on uh, offense. Uh, did you see that the Philadelphia Eagle, <coughs> excuse me, the Philadelphia Eagles signed one Julio Jones, uh, picked him up off the scrap heap, right? So Julio was not playing anywhere. Philadelphia, and, and some people were like, you know that Usher gif or meme or whatever that thing is where, you know, he's doing like the dance and all that? They were, they were putting, everybody was putting that up with Julio going to the Philadelphia Eagles or the Philadelphia um, Eagles. So, all right, let's, um, let's hear from the head coach, Arthur Smith, talking uh, yesterday at his uh, press conference. And I was listening to some of the clips and different things like that about what he had to say, and I thought there were some interesting things. Um, here's Arthur talking about our operation failures cost us at the end of the game. It wasn't on Des. You're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, there's a lot of logistics that go in. So you're always looking at yourself. I said, call, you know, what, what, what's the procedure issue? You know, some guys in the huddle, like I said, it's something we got up. Clearly didn't do a good enough job of today. Um, hasn't been an issue, but it was today, and we, we had to get it fixed. Well, you can't turn the football over three times and think you're going to win football games. I mean, that's just a – again, when you look at some of the, the – Metrics. Don't don't even get into, you know, some of the deep dive analytics and things like that. Somebody, uh, a couple people were like, well, you know, the Falcons had five sacks. Yeah, and teams that had four or more sacks were two and six over the weekend. Only the Jets and Falcons, or the Commanders, found a way to win. If you were, if you're two and six, when you give up four or more sacks. You think that's a good record? So, yeah, the Falcons found a way to get, you know. But, again, when your quarterback has three sacks himself and commits three turnovers, that's going to negate everything. Again, you can't take three sacks and commit three turnovers in a game. I don't care if you're Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Johnny Unitas, Vince Evans, whoever. You can't do that. Can't take three sacks and have three turnovers and think you're going to win football games. Y'all but gave it back. You got five sacks, but you gave up three. That's why the Falcons are, like, what, fourth in the NFL in most sack yardage given up? Like, you can't continue to do that. All right, here's Arthur about why he went for it on the two-point conversion. Yeah, we did it last year in L.A. You're down 14. You're in the fourth quarter. Those are the consequences you live with. We did it in L.A. I believe we got it to six. We did it in Tampa last year, right down there. Down 14, late. Got two shots at it. You get it. It's a six-point game. But we've done it before, like I said. And then we even got the penalty, got on the one, and they stopped us. But, yeah, we we did it last year, Michael, twice. Did did the Falcons win that game in L.A.? Did, Did they win that game? Look. I understand the analytics in math, but everything is based upon you convert. And and the consequences when you don't put you way behind the eight ball. It's great if you can convert and you can get in a position where you have a real chance to win the game. But when you look at when you don't convert, it's usually disaster. 
And that's what the analytics worked out to be. That, again, it's great if you convert, but what happens if you don't? What happens if you just take the safe play? Well, according to the analytics, says that you tie 91% of the time. Okay. And then you go to overtime. All right, well, let's roll the dice. I'm at home. I have the crowd behind me. <sighs> Here's Arthur looking ahead to Tampa Bay. Yeah, so they, they play pretty good football. Obviously, uh, they'll be coming off, you know, lost. They'll be, you know, they understand where they're at. We, we got to go down there. And, and it's a the personnel we're very familiar with. They changed quarterbacks, obviously, with Baker. Let's play some good football for them. Uh, schemes change a little bit, but we're very familiar defensively and special teams wise as, as they are with us. I mean, those are the division games. These are big games for you. Like I said, some of these feel like they count for two. A chance to try to get to two and zero in the division and uh, get back get back on the uh, winning track. Well, a couple of things. Um, Baker's played pretty well. Sixty five point four percent completion, a thousand eighty eight yards in five games. He's got seven touchdowns to only three interceptions, and most importantly is he's only been sacked five times. Now, I know he's mobile, but let's see. Um, who was that guy that was drafted a couple few years ago that's a first-team all-NFL? Oh, yeah, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, when you have guys like that on your offensive line, guess what? You don't get sacked as often. Anyway. That's a guy I would have loved to have had on on a football team like ours. But anyway, so Baker's played well. Um, They don't run the football all that great. You know, they don't don't run it all that well. But, again, they're winning football games. They're three and two, you know, right now. Three and two. And, again, it's, you know, it's not like they've played great teams themselves. The, The Vikings, who stink. The Bears, who are not any good. They did beat the Saints. That was a good win. But, They've lost to Philadelphia and Detroit, and that's the only two teams that they've played that's for real. So we'll see what happens. I mean, look, this is one of those 50-50 games you have to find a way to win. If you're going to tell me that we're going to win the division and, you know, gumdrops and and lollipops and all these other things and visions of candy men dancing in your head and all these kumbaya and all this good kind of stuff that's going to happen this year – you better find a way to go down there and win because it's going to start slipping away if not. Here's uh, Arthur talking about where he's at with Desmond Ritter at this point. You know, he's a very tough-minded guy. I think you guys that deal with him know that. You know, he's a real person. What's endearing about him is he's very honest and he's got a lot of courage. And, like, I think that's a big part. It's easy to stand up here when everything's going well. You want to jump in front of the parade, but your job as a head coach, play caller, quarterback's league is to stand in there and be accountable. It's not on him, but he is one of the more accountable people I've, I've coached. And so sure, certainly you can say it's growing pains and whatnot. Like I said, Mike, you know, you'd, you'd love to be able to say, well, the passing game is getting a, a lot better, but throw three picks, you know, the end result's not going to be what you want. But that part of our offense is clearly expanding. I think you're trying to be more balanced. I've said it. Certainly help us in the long run. We've got to eliminate some of these critical errors. But I think you can't deny the fact that the passing game has gotten a lot better. Okay. Um, you think Desmond Ritter is going to win a game when he throws it 47 times? I don't care how many first-round offensive weapons and shiny objects and stuff like that you've got on this roster. Again, Matt Ryan, who is slightly more prolific in his passing career 
than Desmond Ritter. Just It's just a cat hair whisker away as far as the difference of prolific passers of Desmond Ritter to Matt Ryan was only 11-28-1 for his career. You can't do that. That was where you got in trouble. Remember last year when I was tweeting every week about the number of pass attempts that Marcus Mariota, that when he was throwing it 25 or more times, they didn't win a game. You can't get guys out of what they do. Desmond Ritter may evolve into a guy who can throw it consistently 30, 35 times. But 10 starts into his career, he's not capable of throwing it 47 times and winning you a football game. So you better come up with either a different scheme, a different set of play calls, or whatever. But Desmond Ritter throwing it 47 times isn't going to work out at all. I don't care how much improved the passing game is. Hell, it should be improved. You've drafted every skill position player that's on earth. Here's Desmond Ritter, uh, how he left points on the board. Yeah, obviously, it's frustrating anytime you lose. Um, like I said, you know, there's a lot of points where, you know, we could have done better. We could have put points on the board. We could have done this, um, and we just didn't. Um, so, you know, like I said, whatever it was, um, we have to go figure it out and be better. Again, you don't have to put up 30, 40 points a game. You know, the, the Tampa Bay Suckaneers have won games 20 points, 27 points, 26 points. And I, they haven't scored 30 in a game this year. Their high mark is 27, and that's against the Bears, for God's sakes. So you don't have to be all world as far as how you score. But you got to be competent. And at times, we're just not competent on offense. All right, Bill Bender going to join us when we get back. Chuck Reed in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 1990 Game, the Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the University of Georgia. As we now know, Brock Bowers 
has to have surgery on his ankle and is going to be out for a while. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Bill Bender. He, of course, National College football writer for Sporting News. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at BillBender92. Bill, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, on the show with me this evening. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. So, you know, arguably maybe the best pass catcher or at least one of them in the world of college football we know is not going to be around for a while at the University of Georgia. My question to you is, do you think that this really changes anything at least for the regular season when you look at what Georgia has left on their schedule? I mean, they're going to have to play, obviously. They're going to have to play well in those games. I think, does it make Georgia more gettable? I mean, maybe. I, that stretch against Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee won't be easy. I mean, Florida on top of that in the rivalry game. So, it does alter the way they're going to play offense. But I'm not one of those guys that's going to penalize Georgia for an injury based on a predictive thing. And I talked to my, my – actually give my editor, Bill Troche, credit for that line of thinking, right? Like, we got to see what it looks like with Bowers out of the lineup. And like I said, it's not going to be easy. But, I mean, I still think they're number one. And I subscribe to the theory that they're number one until somebody knocks them off. Yeah, and look, I think Carson Beck is is getting his way through this offense, right? I mean, again, he's completing 73.6% of his passes. He's got 12 touchdowns. He does have the four interceptions, but still 3-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. His rate, his quarterback rating is 163.8. You know, he's evolved himself now, I think, where at this point of the year that they have so many different weapons still, you know, with their wide receivers and running backs that I don't think they – again, I'm not saying that they don't miss a beat, but I don't think that that Bowers would be maybe as tragic for other teams when you have a quarterback that now is, is getting things figured out, has been in the system, and has plenty of other pieces that are around him. Yeah, and that's fair. And Michigan's a great example of last year when Blake Corum went down. Mm-hmm. Blake Corum was their most important piece, and – I don't think too many people gave them a chance to go beat Ohio State and Columbus. And they had to, they did have to alter the way they played, but Donovan Edwards filled in. And they made big plays in the passing game. And now this year, I mean, you look at Michigan, they're probably, I mean, I, I think up until last week, right, that you would probably say that Michigan and Georgia have separated a little bit. I'm hesitant to say that because when I look at the Big Ten East, I see three really good defenses and three really good teams, and any one of the three could win the Big Ten. Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for Sporting News, joining me here on the waitford.com hotline. Does this season feel like that coaching blunders have been enhanced, whether it's Mario Cristobal not kneeling, whether it's you know uh, Dan Lanning not kicking field goals early? Like It, it seems like this year – Coaches have had a real hand in big games and costing their team wins this season. Well, I think those are two separate ones, obviously. I mean, Cristobal, you just kneel the football. It's that simple. There's no way around it. You kneel the football, you go home. Um, any level of football. Dan Lanning's probably like it's almost like a generational debate. I was talking about this. I think there's some young football fans out there that are proponents of going for it on fourth down every time and analytics that term gets used so loosely i'm like is that a person <laughs> I, I mean that's my thing it's got to be on field uh, the way i looked at saturday john was take the points at the end of the half and the other two 
your call based on feel. But, you know, analytics can't tell you if the left guard is flinched twice or if, you know, your running back just ran it seven times. I mean, something like that. It's, it's definitely based on feel. But as far as the Dan Landing criticism, I think you've got to take the points at the end of the half in that first one. And then the other two, I, I didn't really have a problem with. The last one's a little close, though. You know, Bill, um, I, I was talking to another columnist about this, that I don't know how the Pac-12 isn't going to have at least two representatives at the Heisman Trophy ceremony this year. Well, the quarterback play has been the highest level. Michael Penix has been at the highest level. Caleb didn't have a good night the other night, but, I mean, he could still work his way back into that conversation. Uh, Bo Nix and, and, I mean, even Shador Sanders, you could take it down to him. Yeah. He's had a fantastic year. The quarterback play in that conference is better than everyone else's in terms of depth. Though, if you look at the SEC, you mentioned Carson Beck. He's having a season. Jaden Daniels is having a whale of a year. Even though they've lost a couple games, he's been uh, pretty brilliant for the Tigers. Bill, uh, it gets started this uh, this Saturday. So the, the actual Big Ten schedule now gets started here on uh, October 21st because now we get Penn State and Ohio State, and then obviously we'll get Michigan – you know, in that round robin. But, you know, this is going to be a, a just a, a big end of October into November. I mean, I again, these really are three of the real heavyweight programs in college football right now. All three of them capable of winning a national title. And I, I haven't said that in a while where it was somebody other than Ohio State that was capable of winning at all. Penn State, huge stakes this weekend for them. Really huge. And – uh I think so. I think Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, top three scoring defenses in the country. I mentioned how I thought Michigan has looked the best. Now they haven't played a ranked opponent yet. But it's not like Georgia the last couple years where, to me, there's something to be said when they're winning games by 40 points. You know, Bill. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. That's all I got is that, you know, there's got to be something – to that, 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 that they are winning at that level. And those three games are going to be huge. And, you know, Bill, it, it's, it's almost a shame that for, you know, for several years now that Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State have to all play in the same division in the Big Ten while, you know, we get some of these really lackluster Big Ten championship games. And, you know, again, I don't know it, what effect it's had on the Big Ten overall. But, you know, again, I do think it's probably had some effect just in the sense of you, you get these three monster games where they, where they, you know, the round robin of everybody, but then you get to the conference championship game where there should be some kind of culmination payoff, and you find up these games, whether it's, you know, Michigan and Northwestern or Ohio State or Iowa or just you don't get these compelling games in, in what is a way better divisional race than what a championship conference is. And it's anticlimactic. Yeah. The way I would put it. It, it, because you get to the road and you're like, well, I mean, we've already watched Penn State beat Iowa 31 nothing, and Iowa 6-1. and one. And I read a tweet today, I think it was from Josh Pate, where it said, you know, Arkansas could win the Big Ten West. He's not wrong. I would, I would co-sign that. I think Arkansas could win the Big Ten West. I don't think Arkansas would beat Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. And when the Big Ten goes to 18 teams next year, some of this is going to be it's going to change because they're going to play all these teams from the West coast. But if you flipped over from Washington, Oregon to Wisconsin, Iowa on Saturday, at any point, you probably thought you were watching two different sports. 
And, you know, Bill, uh, if you look at the ACC, if you told me that Florida State, Carolina, Duke, and Louisville are all ranked, I would tell you, yes, with the round ball where they throw it in the nets and stuff <laughs> like that. But, I mean, look, Louisville's been a real surprise. They started off the year really well, beating a, a, a game Georgia Tech team. And Duke is really built on two years now. Now, we'll see how all those teams finish. I still think Florida State's going to run the table. And I, I, I had said that I said before the year started, I thought they were a playoff team. But, again, give Carolina, Duke, Louisville credit. Like, it looks like a different ACC when you look at the standings of that conference right now. I agree. And uh, North Carolina is very good, by the way. This is probably Mac's best team since he came back to North Carolina. Uh, Drake May has a running game around him. Defense is solid. That's a good team all the way around. Florida State, I kind of agree with you. Looking at their schedule, it's going to be hard for somebody to beat them. But uh, you never know. ACC football is wild. I mean, Louisville's classic example last week when Pig gets them and they got him at the right time uh, coming off an emotional win. That throwback to the old ACC Coastal games. And, you know, Miami losing to Georgia Tech and then following up losing to North Carolina. Two weeks ago, I probably would have told you Miami was a decent playoff sleeper. Is Old Miss kind of really one of the more underrated teams in college football right now? I mean, again, you're lining up against Alabama and, and LSU and A&M and all of that in the West, and they'll get a hold of Georgia. And, and I really do think that if Georgia loses in the regular season, I think that Old Miss game could be a dangerous game. But they feel like one of the more underrated kind of teams so far in college football. A bad night or bad afternoon at Bryant-Denny, but a lot of teams have had bad afternoons yeah. at Bryant-Denny's over the years. So I, I only penalize them for that so, so much. I mean, coming out of this bye week, yeah, I mean, their margin for error is not great. That Georgia game could be very interesting. They run the ball well. Jackson Dart's been efficient. Uh, defense can play. And Lane, the Lane Kiffin factor is always at work. He's done a very good job at Ole Miss since he took over. So, but, yeah, they're, they're probably a little overlooked because of that bad afternoon where we're assuming, hey, they, they need Alabama to lose so they can have that chance to get back in the mix. But that LSU win was a nice one. That was, a, that was one of those, depending on how you feel about games where they score every time, that was one of the best games of the year. Bill, if you had to pick a, as we're halfway through the season, if you had to pick a national coach of the year, who would be the guy you would pick? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago you would say Dion, right? Right. Because of what all the phenomenon he's created and what it's done for the sport. I mean, at this point in time, I mean, I, I, Mac Brown's a good one because that North Carolina team's pretty good. Banded together, got Tez. Says Walker back, dangerous team in the ACC. They would be a good one. James Franklin will have that opportunity if Penn State breaks through. But these are programs that have had some measure of success. What what Colorado did in September was unprecedented. And I've covered this sport for a long time. And just to see the perfect storm of social media, a generational player who I got to – the cool part about that, John, was I was explaining to my son and his friend, like, when I was growing up, best cornerback in the NFL – you know, he's best corner, cover corner. And then, oh, yeah, in the summer, he stole 40 bases. <laughs> yes. That's, and I started showing him highlights, highlights of Dion, and I, it took me back to my childhood because I was like, I remember watching these games and how amazing he was. So what he did in September was pretty phenomenal, and uh, despite what happened last week. 
do you think Brent Venables deserves to be in that conversation? Because I think, you know, again, look, I know it's Oklahoma, but they had a rough year last year. And, you know, it's a, you know, obviously Texas was kind of the, the program that everybody looked at. And, you know, is this the year for Texas and all that? But I think Brent Venables has really made a nice turnaround. Again, he's won as many games, you know, right now at this point last year as he did all of last year. And it's been a phenomenal turnaround for the Sooners. Uh, he worked the transfer portal to increase the, de- the improve the defense. Dylan Gabriel is an excellent Heisman candidate. I always forget him when I mention Heisman candidates, but his all-around game, and he gets to play his old school UCF this weekend. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he'll definitely be in that conversation. Like you said, it is Oklahoma, so you're kind of like, well, they should be good. What they've been able to accomplish in the first half of the season has been pretty great is if you have to pick a big six team or sorry a a, a non power 5 you know team to be in the big 6 is air force maybe the most likely i mean again i know tulane is ranked you know as well but you know air force is 6 and 0 i mean they're hanging tough and you know that's a that's you know for what that you know conference is but hey 6 and 0 is 6 and 0 i mean you're halfway there you know, again, does Air Force maybe end up with a with a big six bowl game when all is said and done? Be a great story. Yeah, I mean Troy Calhoun with the the win seasons he's had. I, I talked to him a couple times in the off season. What a remarkable coach he really is. Now they lost their quarterback though in yeah. the Wyoming game, and that's going to be tough to overcome. You know, they play Navy this weekend. I like Tulane again. You know, Tulane beat Memphis. Last week, that was a big win. They got Michael Pratt back. You watched them. They played Ole Miss to the limit there until it got away from them in the fourth quarter. So it wouldn't surprise me if Tulane worked their way back into that. Um, and, and Liberty's on tonight, by the way. Liberty and Jamie Chadwell, what a story they are. They're, they're playing really good football. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big I, – I wanted, I wanted Georgia Tech to get Jamie Chadwell, but that's a different discussion for another day. Bill Bender is the National College Football Writer for the Sporting News. You can follow him – on his personal Twitter page, at BillBender92, and he joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Bill, my friend, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, in Atlanta tonight, and, you know, obviously we'll be chatting again soon. Hey, thanks for having me on, as always. Take care. Have a great night. You got it. Appreciate it, buddy. And um, when we get back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. I mean, Oren, has Katie Nolan really had it that bad? We'll discuss all of that next. Chuckery in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, app. Back at it, Chuck Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios with you. Tuesday night, 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Uh, we do have Rankum coming up at uh, 940, so an hour from right now. So we put Oren back to work. Um, what have I not been put to work tonight is the question, John Chuckery. Well, I mean, we've had a few moments. No, 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 no. Not huh? we. Not, not not we. Yes. You've had a few moments tonight, sir. Well, I mean. Don't, you don't, don't repeat them. It, just, it, just let them no, be no, what no, they no, are. No, I mean, again, we haven't dove into Marvel porn and, and Yoko Ono noises and stuff like that. Um, for all the listeners at home, these are things that John has done in the past before that he knows yes. I do not like. And it just... It gets a reaction out of me that's very, uh, very, very, very not great. And so Chuckery likes to, yeah. Well, but it's eight. I mean, again, it's not. It's not nine forty-two in the morning. It's 
you know, 842 at night. So things are a bit more relaxed right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody no. listens. I mean, you know. My wife's listening. My mom might be listening right now. Well, again, she's in a grown adult woman. I mean, not like, not like she hasn't, you know, been to Dick's Sporting Goods. I mean, so. <laughs> Beg <know>. your pardon, <laughs> sir? I mean, you know. So those are women of my life. <laughs> I mean, you know. What are we doing? I mean, we've all been there. I mean, so. Uh, again, but uh, we have Rankham coming up uh, in an hour from from right now. So, uh, isn't it good to get back in the mix? Like you know, you haven't you haven't been back for a while, and and you I'm get to already be- trying to find a way to to be sick tomorrow. Yes, John, yes. I mean, you got a hooping belch or something like that. Uh, you know, coming up uh, tomorrow. So uh, we do have another show uh, tomorrow. So this will give you a chance to go back to back with me. So, um, but we, we're we're having fun again. This is only our second show. Believe it or not, I mean, this is only the second time. Well, again, I'm not talking about all the the times in the past when, you know, it was me and Tribble and, and AJ and all that kind of stuff. This and you is, with Randy and Michael killing me off in a... Oh, yeah, yeah. In rank Pick of, Randy's brain. Yeah, yeah, pick Randy's brain. I mean, we, but I, I, we would, I would always, you know, give Randy like a, a rank him, you know, list of, you know, people who you're wanting to save. And, you know, and then just, me. Well, like they'd be random, like they'd be completely random people. Like no, they, they wouldn't be completely huh? random. They'd be what do you mean? no, no, no. They'd be like, "Hey, Randy, your mom, your wife, those are random. Your people son mean. or Orin? Yeah, there's a train coming down the track. You can save three of those people. Right. Who are you saving? Right. I mean, they're, they're just random people. I just mean, random people you yeah. put out the air. Yes, like uh, Terrence Edwards. You know, Orin Romain. Oh, there was oh, no, the one was Brian, Andy, Wendy. <laughs> yes. And Oren, who gets saved? Who, like, I, who? I'm always in, in Randy's damn Oren. Damn Oren. Well, listen, uh, I did that with you, and, and you actually got saved well, a few times. I appreciate you Because you're frat that. brothers. I mean, so I that's, didn't. That, that's, that's, that's my dog. I didn't, I didn't pick the right random people. Apparently not. <laughs> so, again, when it comes to Hugh, you, uh, you were saved uh, out of all of it. So, uh, again, we'll, uh, we'll have Rankham coming up uh, in an hour. Uh, from right now. First, though, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. So, I, I have this question. Um, You know who Katie Nolan is? Right. Yeah, very familiar. Garbage time, and she's done other stuff and all this kind of stuff, she right? She did uh, MLB's Friday night uh, yep, on Apple yep. TV last year. And and she's been on ESPN and in different things like that. And she recently did an interview with uh, Dan Lebetard. And she was talking about how, how difficult it is being in this job and all the different things. Here's some quotes. Quote, um, I can all, uh, well, she was joking about, about you know, again, where she she got, you know, kind of their, her legs cut out from underneath her at ESPN. She said, quote, I can always bartend. I feel confident saying that's a skill I have and can always go back to. But why not try to do this thing when talking about getting in the media? And so I tried, and I did it, and I loved doing it. And then I did it at ESPN for a little while, and I loved it. A little less. Okay. Now, again, um, she's been kind of buried, if you will, at ESPN. Quote, a lot of having your own show is navigating the people above you. 
Uh, I was always willing to fight for things, uh, for uh, the thing that we needed uh, without ever realizing that if everything you want from the network is a fight, then they're not going to give you, or they're not, they're not going to want you around very much. And she went on to do some different quotes and stuff like that. You know, again, I don't want to just uh, record and give it to you and then have you turn it into something. I'm collaborative and all this kind of stuff. Let me ask you a question. I mean, this is a real woe is me kind of story. And when you when you hear the interview and read some of the quotes, you know, it's kind of like, well, woe is me. Wasn't Katie Nolan making seven figures at ESPN? Did she not come over from garbage time where that was on what? FS1, I believe, is what it was on. And they gave her a million plus dollars. And then when, when her show didn't do well, okay, now again, Whatever reasons you want to say, but the show did not take. It wasn't like garbage time. Then they put her into, like, online stuff, but we're still paying her a million-plus dollars a year. Now, look, in the words of Jim Ross, everything comes down to the two C's, right? You know what those two C's are? Take a guess, Orrin. What do you think the two C's are? Everything in life comes down to the two C's. Courage and carrots. I could say a four-letter. Anyway, um, cash and creative. Everything comes down to cash and creative, right? That's what it all boils down to. Well, she had the cash. Maybe she didn't get some of the creative, but she's a millionaire for it. And let me ask you, given what her background is and all that kind of stuff, and, and look, I think she's entertaining, I don't necessarily have a problem with her, but is she a real woe is me kind of story? Like, didn't she kind of come from nowhere and she jokes about being a bartender and all that kind of stuff? And she's making a million dollars a year when she was with ESPN. A million plus dollars a year. Like, how is that a, you know, well, you know, things aren't working out and I got to do this and all that. Well, what do you think life at ESPN is like for most people? Again, how many people have just kind of flamed out at ESPN? If you if you really, let me put it like this. If you really wanted to explore your creativity, you should have stayed where you were at because you were getting to do what you love. And anytime you're going to go work for you know somebody else and they're going to pay you way more, they want a hand in what goes on. And we've heard this repeatedly from from different people about, you know, being at ESPN. But, like, how many people have become millionaires at ESPN for putting out bad content? Like, how many people have failed but have been paid millions of dollars at ESPN? I mean, they may not be the best group to work for, but you make a lot of money for it. Well, if your issue was always going to be, and again, I would guarantee you Katie Nolan had some inside scoop as to what life was like at ESPN, dealing with different people. But there are, Oren, I will say this. There are a few places that you can continually fail and get paid bukus of dollars more than what you can at ESPN. I would say you are right in that regard. Yes, they uh, they do a very good job of exhausting every avenue they possibly can 
to find a way to get productivity or anything out or of you. Something. That, something out of you yes. before they say, hey, we need to go ahead and part ways now. Yeah. After you've made millions of dollars. You know, again, I don't know what her financial state is, if she's responsible. But wouldn't you think she's probably set up for life? And again, I, 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 I think she's entertaining. I, I think the Garbage Time show was the best thing that she had done. You know, but again, and I understand you want, you know, the BBD, right? You want the bigger, better deal? Or what is it, the BBC or what? what is it? Huh? What? Oh, that's a Bible verse or what? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I it's something like that, the BBD or whatever. Um, but I, And I get that. And I understand the idea of wanting to take on the big challenges and stuff like that. But she didn't go to ESPN and work for free. She, she wasn't underpaid at ESPN. And I'll, I'll guarantee you, like, like I said, there's a lot of people at ESPN that get paid millions and millions of dollars to continually fail. Or at least they're paid very handsomely to continue to fail. And, and like Warren said, they try to exhaust every avenue that they can with you. They put you on every kind of rinky-dink, you know, jabroni show that they can come up with, and they just make up stuff. I mean, Mike Greenberg's a perfect example. How many millions of dollars do you think Mike Greenberg has made to be as bad as what he is? And there's a lot of people like that at ESPN. But this whole idea of woe is me for Katie Nolan because she had to deal with creative issues or the bosses at ESPN while she's making seven figures for it. Let me have those kinds of problems. Let, let me have the kind of problems where I have to put up with crap and get paid seven figures for it and, and completely change up the financial structure of myself and my family. Like how many years, I, I, what did they sign her for? Like it was, it was multiple years, right? That they signed her to a multiple year contract because again, they gave this thing like three years or whatever like that. So, I mean, they, they signed her to multiple years as a contract, paid her millions of dollars, and, and completely changed her life. And I understand that it didn't work itself out and you didn't have, you know, again, all of the things that you wanted out of it. But the idea that she is a hard luck story, a hard luck case, she's probably an overachiever in a lot of ways. But again, I ESPN paid her millions of dollars and, uh, you know, again, talks about just, you know, her, her time there and all this kind of stuff. It's amazing how many people fall and fail upward. It really is amazing in different professions how many times people, no matter what they do, no matter how low their ratings are, no matter how, you know, bad that they are as a personality or whatever. I'm not talking about bad as a person. I'm talking about bad as an entertainer in pulling in an audience. It doesn't matter. There are so many people that have made millions of dollars doing that. And some of that is, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? But I don't look at Katie Nolan as any kind of sob story to feel bad for her. 
mess with Spug and Chuck Reed. All right, where do the Braves go from here? We'll talk about that next. Sports Radio, not for the game. Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.